This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, and the dude, Jamie Rivers. Jamie, what's going on, man? Not much, buddy. How we doing? It's uh, May 4th, so this is like one of those days. May the 4th? Exactly. And I got to tell you, man, (laughs) I enjoy Star Wars, and I love when people find things that, you know, man, that are that they love. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, man, that's that's awesome. But like I feel like I've watched those movies and I know a tiny fraction of what some of these folks know and celebrate. So I definitely feel like a poser on a day like today. Well, why are you a poser? Just because it's May the 4th? Well, just because I like don't... Anybody who's not a Star Wars fanatic is a poser? Yeah, I guess I that's unfair. I really get that. Yeah, that's probably not right. Like, I just feel like I should enjoy the day a little bit. i walking around in my Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> robe. I mean, not yet. Dude, if you would have walked in today as Chewbacca, <laughs> that, <laughs> it would have been the best thing ever. So, um, so that's not even really important. Uh, I saw over the weekend that you were in Columbia with your oldest daughter yes yes what's it like with uh with with, with pop rivers going on the uh the, the, the drinking night on oh saturday night God. with the kiddos these kids tried to kill me <laughs> but they don't they don't know that the wily old veteran still has game in them see that's what i figured i figured you would be able to see when i saw the pictures i was like i bet you those kids got their money's worth that night. oh yeah no we had a blast we got, got down there mid-afternoon uh, and my daughter carson's graduating this month from Mizzou, I'm so proud of Dude, that's so everything awesome. uh, that she's been able to accomplish. And so we wanted to have one more weekend. And her boyfriend, Jordan, went down uh, along with a couple of other friends that uh, were there. And so we hung out ar- around her apartment for most of the afternoon. Then we went over to the Mizzou Athletics um, gift shop, I guess, you know, or the, the apparel shop. Because mm-hmm. my daughter was desperately wanting to buy a alumni Hoodie, an alumni T-shirt. Hell yeah, and man! I was like, "Yes, yeah, let's go." You did the work for it. That's so amazing. Absolutely, man. it was a beautiful day. So we walked around campus for a little bit, uh, and then we uh, kind of went our separate ways. They got ready, and I had a hotel room, and so I went and took shower and got all dressed up for the night. Went and had dinner at a great little spot, and then we hit the bar scene. Yeah, and boy, did we! Man, I love Columbia. I love it. It's I, neat, man. I, it is. You know what the weird thing is for me? What weird slash great? Mm-hmm. I knew so many kids there. Really, all the kids I've coached playing hockey <laughs> that ended up, you know, where for one reason or another didn't continue past, yeah. you know, eighteen U or whatever or junior hockey. And now they're going to college. I swear, like every five minutes, one of these kids would be, Coach Rivers. <laughs> oh my God, I gotta get a picture with you. <laughs> Because there I am, you know, holding drinks, yeah. and I'm out on the dance floor dancing, which my daughter was like, I go, I'm going to go dancing. She's like, no, you're not. I go, oh, you watch me. She's like, don't, you won't do it. And I said, well, you don't know me well enough. So out I go, wiggling the hips and strutting my stuff, and she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I love that place, if for nothing else, because um, the Blue Note there is one of my very favorite venues that I've ever, ever been to. It is just such an amazingly remarkable room and, uh, and and just such a cool theater. I mean, they have, by and large, like, left it alone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so when you yeah. go into it, it feels like an old school kind of place to see I remember watching Seven Dust play there eons ago. Uh-huh. We were, uh, 
we were here in town and we drove up, Clint and I, uh, Morgan may have been here too. Anyways, we met up with the rest of the band in Columbia. It was a smaller venue, obviously. This was a long time ago. This yeah. is like when they're cutting their teeth type thing. Mm-hmm. And so Seven Dust played there and it was, it was, it's a good memory. Yeah, man. I, there was a night that I went to see The Urge with my ex-wife there. And the people that were next to us in the balcony, <laughs> I guess, you know, put two and two together and were like, oh, man, it's Donnie Fandango. Jamie, I am not lying to you when I say that there was never a time that night that my beer cup got anywhere under halfway full. <laughs> yes, I mean, these people just keep pouring yeah. and pouring. And so later that night, the urge had just gotten the final print back of the Jump Right In video, okay? So we're all on the bus, we're still drinking, and they put in this video. And all of a sudden, that bus starts to spin. Oh, And all of a sudden, that TV starts to spin, and I didn't even make it through the video. I make it off the bus, and in front of the blue note, lay it out. Good call, though, not in the bus. 100%. I look up at the bus... All the windows open, everybody out there is smiling. Oh my God, that's awesome. It's <laughs> a great memory. But I you mean, know, it's a, you know, it's not, wasn't great at the time, but it is now. Dude, that, and, and just plus, man, you know how you just, you have some of those nights where, uh, you know, we were staying in Columbia, so we didn't have to drive anywhere. And you get back to, you know, you wake up the next morning and you go, whew, glad I got back here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, it's just well, kind of crazy. I did the quick turnaround too, had to come back, and I had already. Well, as you know, I had already been gone for a week in, or five days in Mexico. So when I came back, I dropped off my luggage and went to Colombia and come back. On, it, I have been, I call it running downhill all week. Yeah. Just trying to catch up. Like if I trip, I, it's going to be disaster. I'm going to roll <laughs> to my death. So what is the next thing? Um, Like what's your next thing for Synergy Hockey? Will it be the spring like summer camps? Yeah, or summer camps. We're currently during, we're currently right now in the middle of our spring clinics to okay. where we usually do, um, we pick certain weekends, four or five weekends, and we'll do a Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, one hour each time on the ice. And it's very specific to one part of the game power skating, uh, shooting, goal scoring, defense, battling, battle camp, like all these things. So kids, because tryouts come up. At the for higher level, it's a at the end of spring, and then for some of the other ones come up later on. But all these kids want to you know make sure that they stay into it and keep going. So we we're in the middle of that right now, or towards the end of it rather. And then summer camp starts first week of June. Wow! So and it's then right it's there. on like Donkey Kong. You know, how do you like? Um, so obviously, you want your kids as they're as they're starting to take it more seriously as they get higher and higher you know like you want them to take it seriously you want them to lock it in you want them to be rink rats i.e. the kachucks mm-hmm. but is there ever a time man that you've had to say to a player like hey man it it's all right for you to get off the ice today and yeah. go and see a movie or you know what i mean like one time yeah and um i mean and it was it was a girl jinsey dunn uh, she plays for the U.S. national team now, and she was young, 15, 16 at the time, and she was trying to make the women's Olympic team. Oh, wow. Uh, and she was going nonstop, like morning before school, on the ice at 6 a.m., and the sessions are not easy. They're hard. They're super advanced. I mean, you're training potentially uh, an Olympic athlete at this point, and then she would go to school all day. And then she had, like, basketball after school. And then she'd do, like, a workout. This kid was grinding. Yeah. And uh, 
I remember one day she just like stopped in the middle of one of the skates and she started crying. She just was tired yeah, and it was yeah. a lot and the stress of all of it. And uh, so at that point I said, hey, we're done here. We're done. And take a couple days off. Yeah. And I remember talking to her father about it after saying, hey, I'm going to give her a little break. Okay. She needs it. Yeah. She needs it. Going hard every day is not always productive. Sure. Um, so I ha- that's the one time that I've had to pump the brakes uh, with one of my players. And, yeah. And she just of that personality where she, well, much like the Kachucks, just as much work as you can throw at her, she would do it. Yeah. And she's an incredible individual. I'm so proud of everything she's been able to accomplish with her hockey and, and outside of hockey, too. And it's a great family. The Dunn family, are they are like rock stars. The Josh Dunn plays with the Columbus Blue Jackets up and down all year. Jessica had a full ride at Ohio State as a hockey player. Joy is going to be – she's part of the U18 uh, women's national team. She's got a full ride. So the whole family has got – they got some good athletes. I got to tell you, man, my <clears throat> kids got really, really, really ripped off in the whole jeans side of things. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 you just see these families, you know what I mean? Of, of like grandpa, grandma, like they're all these athletes. And my kids, well, dad can talk on the radio. So maybe hopefully something like that will work out for you. I you guess. know what? It, it's not as common as you think because having trained so many players and even my own sons, you know, they were good hockey players. But at one point they just were like, yeah, oh, we're done. You know, mm-hmm. so. There's more of the stories of that it does, where it doesn't work out. I yeah. don't mean like doesn't work out in life. It just doesn't work out in that particular sport um, than there are the other ones. Like, that's why we remember the Dunn family, the Kachuk family. You know, like, you're like, oh, yeah. because they're outliers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely so. That makes tons of sense. Tons it's of way sense. less common to have that kind of athletic success. Yeah. I, I was telling you about uh, talking to you just as we were getting set up, man. I've watched more of the NHL playoffs this year than I think I ever have withstanding, you know, like watching the Blues, just watching every other games. And I am obsessed with what's going on in the East right now. I've never <laughs> been an Eastern Conference guy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And a few years ago when we started doing the podcast, I know we'd make fun of it because the West was loaded and the East wasn't. Well, it seems like those tables have turned oh, a little bit. Yeah, man. it's turned. And, man, there has just been, dude, like, all I can see, it's just been so much fun fun to watch these games and also watching the games without having like a skin in the game that's all right too you know what i mean then yeah, i don't but, feel so puckered up okay but so okay let's isolate that for a second do you feel like you're not experiencing it quite as good because you're not pull you're not going through the emotional roller coaster oh no this isn't near as fun no 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 okay. no no right. I, i'm i'm enjoying I you it were like going to say that oh it's easier it's better this way i'm like yeah no man i would i would push back i like to have a horse in every race dude that that stanley cup run the ups and the downs were so amazing. Like after the hand pass game, oh, I was just like, "What a bah, world over!" And then they turn it on, and I know you know, man. So like, Johnny, no. I felt like I was your therapist through that whole run. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> you probably were, man. You yeah. probably were. You'd come in every day. You'd grab me. Whoa, whoa, how? What are we gonna do? I mean, relax. Right. Breathe. First thing you We're need to be do okay. is calm down. We're going to be okay. <laughs> you're, you just remind me like Mary reminds me. You're not playing. <laughs> you're not playing. You're not. You're not, you're not I appreciate your passion. <laughs> so what do you think so far, Jamie? What do you, to me, I think one of the, 
the most fun things that I've watched is Matthew Kachuk seemingly playing with, and I don't mean this bad, without a care in the world, with with no money to lose, man. He's just out there playing his ass off, and these Panthers are dangerous, man. If they went to the finals, I wouldn't be surprised, would you? No, not the way they're playing right now. No. And, and I don't know this to be fact, um, just because I have close ties to the Kachuk family and Matthew and Brady in particular. I don't know this to be fact. I haven't talked to him. I haven't called him. I haven't bothered. I have not bothered the young man. Right. Um, for obvious reasons. And uh, But I feel like Matthew went into these playoffs with a chip on his shoulder. And here's the reason. Daryl Sutter made a comment at the beginning of this season after Matthew Kachuk was traded to Florida and whatnot. Somebody asked him about you know, losing Matthew Kachuk and, and whatnot. And he alluded to, I'm paraphrasing here, he alluded to the fact that it's okay we have Tyler Toffoli and he's got a ring, or he's got rings. I remember that. I feel like that was a slight at Matthew Kachuk, alluding to maybe, or hinting rather, that maybe he's not a playoff performer. So I feel like Matthew's t- taking, a, taking it personally. Yeah. And... From what I understand, you know, during the whole series against Boston, down 3-1, and, you know, Big Walt and Chantal and Brady are all down in Florida, and Matthew was saying, we got this, we're going to be fine. Every game is a Game 7 now. Every game's a Game 7. And they kept going, kept going, kept going. And then when it came time for Game 7 in Boston, Matthew packed a huge suitcase. He says... I'll see you guys in about a week. We're winning this game. We're headed to Toronto. And they did. And they did. And he is just a monster out there right now. Donnie, he's a unicorn. Okay? And and let me tell you why. He's got so much skill, passing and goal scoring. His hockey IQ is off the charts. Yeah. Then he'll run you over. Mm -hmm. He'll run you into the boards. He'll drop his gloves and fight you. Or he'll drive you crazy to where you take 10 penalties. Just yapping, 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 Punching yapping. the goalie, sticking the goalie, doing this, doing that. But yeah. meanwhile, he's fully under control. So I couldn't think of one other player in today's NHL that not not that possesses kind of sort of some of those things. All of those things at an elite level. Yeah. I mean, it's... His brother Brady is close. His brother Brady is close. Isn't that crazy? We're talking about a unicorn and Matthew yeah. Kachuk, and we're like the only thing close to him is, well, another Kachuk. Man, the thing that the thing though that I that I notice a lot, you know, is how he is playing both ends of the ice, though, man. You like, have to. He knows, man. He do, knows. Do, but I mean, like, it, it just ever. I feel like every single bit of everything is left on the ice when that game is over. He just puts it all out there, and I just. Love like hell watching him play. But then also, it was fascinating to me, and I heard Darren Pang talking about this with Randy Carricker and Brooke in, uh, the other day, was that he said that the vibe in Boston for Game 7 was super tense. That the fans even were kind of feeling it, that it felt like they oh, were yeah. kind of no, white-knuckled. They, they could totally feel that slipping away. And you could see it in their play. They were making plays that were uncharacteristic. They were turning the puck over at, uh, you know, the highest clip that they had all season long. Just And Florida just kept playing that black and blue, get it in, get in on the forecheck, get to the front of the net, get pucks there, hit everything that moves, um, clear out the front of the net, clear out the house in their end. 
Boston did not look like they had a chance at any point in that game, Man. even though they got it to overtime. Yeah, I mean, they still, they just looked, inti- not intimidated, but they just looked like they were kind of scared of their shadow that entire well, game. Well, they had the weight of the like. world on their shoulders, Absolutely too, the players, so. right? Yeah. Because they're historically the best hockey team ever in the NHL as far as the amount of wins and points and all that stuff. And now you're on the brink? And you were up 3-1? to one? Like, there's some stress there. Absolutely sure. so. And I think they puckered up a little bit. Dr. James Maxwell, Crestwood Dental Group. Find him online at CrestwoodDental.com or give him a ring at 314-820-0909. When I first started going to see Dr. Maxwell, I had... I mean, so many issues uh, with my teeth. And through the course of a couple of years and some visits, Dr. Maxwell has gotten my smile looking fan-freaking-tastic. And now, Dr. Maxwell doesn't just see me. He sees Mary. He sees my kiddos, my dad, my brother. And one of the things that I love about Dr. Maxwell is, like, he is a true dental nerd. And I mean that in in a very... In a great way. He's always trying to make your experience at his office better. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want you to hate going to the dentist office or fear going to the dentist office if you you know for your kiddos. He wants it to be as enjoyable of an experience as it can be. Find out how Crestwood Dental could look after you and your family just like they do mine. Crestwooddental.com or give them a ring at 314-820-0909. That's 314-820-0909. Dr. James Maxwell, a proud sponsor of the Last Minute Blues podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now back to the podcast. So, okay, I want to ask a couple of things here. No particular order here. The Colorado situation and Colorado getting bounced by Seattle and not to take anything away from Seattle, who played a fantastic series and played their tails off. But if Colorado has that their horses, that probably doesn't end that way. No. Correct. Seattle did a great job of just pushing them to the brink. Yeah. Which they did. And the, Seattle plays with such pace. They're go, 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 go. And they've got a lot of really fast skaters, but they also play hockey fast. What I mean by that is they support the puck extremely well, and they move the puck up the ice fast. Mm -hmm. So it's not a get the puck, hold on to it, delay, 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 move the puck. No, it's like on the stick, off the stick, on the stick, off the stick. And to be able to do that, you have to have guys who work their tail off to support the puck and to get open. And that's Seattle. All of a sudden, they've got the puck, you know, inside their blue line, and next thing you know, you're down behind your net. You're like, how the hell did we get here? Boy, oh boy. They play a very, very, very good game. All right, so then we've got the Edmonton and uh, Golden Knights series. Dreisaitl scores four last night. So let's talk about this for a second. Dreisaitl scores four. Pavelski scores four for Dallas. Both teams lose. Wow. <laughs> when the hell does that ever happen? How pissed off would you? Well, you're you're pissed off about the yeah. game because it's the playoffs, uh, not the our goals. Guy, but uh, shrimp on the Barbie had a couple of goals. Oh, had a boy in game one, and Petro had I think he had an assist, playing every 
other shift or every shift against Dreisaitl or McDavid or both. Vegas a good team, man. Five on five, Vegas absolutely dominated the Oilers. Yeah. Now, special teams, a whole different animal. The Oilers are working at like a 52% power play right now. That's insane. Yeah, you take a penalty, you basically get scored on. Do you think Vegas makes it through to the to to to, to the final? <sighs> well, if they if they beat the Oilers, yes. I think the winner of that series goes to the Stanley Cup final. Okay. So you think that they'll that they'll beat whoever is in this uh, they'll beat the winner of of Dallas, Dallas Seattle. and yeah. Seattle. Yes, absolutely. Huh. Cuz I'm trying to root for Vegas a bit. Why? What's re- your problem? It's really hard. It's, Why? It's not the, it's not uh it's not Petro, it's not Barbie. I, the, it's those it's one I don't like the fans even though they're awesome. What? I don't like them. And then also too that that stone knucklehead i can't root for that cat well yeah like like i just i i i can't um i did however enjoy rooting against the new york rangers in the first round oh my god was that great dude so so jamie what's gonna happen there man like what are what are they you know what i'm saying like what are you gonna do you had a really good team you thought you were probably gonna at least make it to the final four something like that you get bounced in the first round what happens yeah i don't know i honestly don't know I can't imagine they fire the coach. Um, Gerard Gallant has done a great job with the Rangers. Hell, he did a great job with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. This is the guy that, you know, he does a great job and seemingly somehow he gets fired. <laughs> he gets fired. I don't know, and he's a great guy, yeah. too. Like, he's one of the best guys in the game. People love him. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think that happens. I don't think any of the guys they acquired at the deadline are back. Mm-hmm. I don't think Tarasenko, Kane, Kane Tarasenko, you know, Mikola, like none of those guys are back, in my opinion. I wonder where Tarasenko's going to go. I don't know, but Big Daddy Vladdy gambled on a situation and it didn't work out. And so I'm wondering what his offseason looks like because, you know, he didn't have a great regular season. Mm-hmm. He was okay once he went to the Rangers and did not have a great postseason. And the team over the team as a whole did not do well. So I don't know what lies ahead for Vladdy. Yeah, and like how like much you'll get a contract. Don't get me wrong, a hundred percent. But like, was all the kerfuffle worth it? Right at the end of the day, because you know? be, because now you're, you're looking at a guy that got traded. You're looking at a guy that has at least a little bit of a reputation, fair or not, for you know complaining a little bit. Not a hundred percent being invested all of the time, every or single tough game. Staying healthy, tough staying healthy too. Like he's been healthy relatively healthy for two straight years now, which is great. I hope he stays healthy. But before that was a bit of a roller coaster ride. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, man, watching these playoffs, though, and seeing what's happening here, I I, I know that the Blues have some things in which that they have to do, but I will still maintain that this is not going to be a tear-down, build-back-up situation. The one or two right moves, man, and we are right back in the middle of this thing. I'm not wrong to think that, am I? No. No, one, there's no tear-down rebuild because you have too many long-term contracts. Yeah, and so, too many good goddamn players. And too many good players. Yeah. So, you know, I, I said this yesterday on the fast lane was right now the Blues are a tweener team. And what I mean by that is they're not quite speed and skill, and they're not quite gritty. They're somewhere in the middle, which mm-hmm. is not where you want to be. You want to have a team identity and play to those strengths. I don't think this is going to be a uh, gritty smash mouth team. Based on who your top players are on this club, you almost have to make sure you continue to get speed and skill. 
Kapanen and Verano were speed and skill. Mm -hmm. Thomas, Cairo, speed, skill. Booch, speed, skill. Like, go down the list. You've got way too much. Not too much. You have... It's lopsided right now because who's your grit? Braden Shen, but he's also speed and skill. Right. You know, he can play a good, he can play a skilled game. Uh, Brandon Saad is not really gritty. He'll go to the front of the net, but he doesn't physically scare anybody. But he's got speed, he's got some skills, he's a 20 goal scorer. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where Army goes. And I think you probably build a fourth line of Torpchenko style players. And, you know, that's your, that's your grit factor. Where Army's going to have to figure out something with, I don't know, pixie dust or magic or whatever the heck it is, is what does he do with his blue line? Mm -hmm. Does he stand pat? It, was it just an outlier season? Did guys just have a bad season? Did it just not go right? Or does he have to figure out a way to make a deal? It's The latter is going to be difficult. Right. Because you have four your top four defensemen on with no trade clauses. And making good money. Making good money. Yeah. So they have to agree to be traded wherever you want them to be traded. Whew, boy, that's going to be tough. I just remembered something here as we were talking about the Blues. And I'm just very thankful that I'm not a fan of the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, boy. What in the heck happened? Well, I mean, obviously, the team really started to sputter come January or so, yeah. and they got ran out here in the first round. But then there was the press conference where the coach said the best players weren't the best players, didn't step up. Then Blake Wheeler came back out and said he didn't appreciate it. it was Paul Maurice, right? No, the, Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus, sorry. Uh, didn't appreciate that he didn't come to the locker room to tell the guys that. What do you think of that? That whole situation up there seems like a mess. It yeah. seems like they had gotten it right and they were kicking ass at the beginning of the year, and then it just seems like it was a slow roll downhill the rest of the season so i'm not inside the locker room obviously but you talk to enough people surrounding the team or guys that have been on the team or coach with the team or whatever there's a culture problem there and there's a couple of guys wheeler being one shifley being another that for whatever reason they seem to not mix well and they have their clicks and they've got their you know and so i know as a player, you can do the homework on this that played for the Blues, played for the Jets, plays in Carolina now. Anyways, that was up and said that the locker room's a mess. That the locker room was a mess. There's very little accountability. You know, just all of that stuff. And so then they ripped the C off of Scheifele, or, or yeah, Wheeler's Wheeler. jersey. Yeah. Don't give it to anybody. And now Rick Bonus, who's, you know, he should have kept his emotions in check. You don't need to be throwing all the players under the bus following the game with the media. Mm -hmm. uh, but nonetheless, you know it is what it is. But you can. But that just went to. Sh For me, that told a story. If the coach is that willing to verbally insult his core guys, that means he's at the end of the rope. Right. And then it also told a story for me when. Blake Wheeler was willing to criticize the head coach publicly. Oh, boy. And that just tells you that there's there's a divide there. So I, I so, don't know if it's it's and it can't it, it can't be all the players. Right. So there's probably a portion or half or maybe even more that are on the side of the coach. And then there's got to be a portion of players that are part of the Wheeler group type thing. And so I don't know what Kevin Sheveldayoff does 
in Winnipeg. And let's not forget, you had Connor Hellebuck, too, come out publicly and say, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh-huh. I want to win a Stanley Cup. And so there's your, your goalie, one of the best goalies in the NHL, and now he's voicing his displeasure. They got a lot of work to do up in Winnipeg. But you can't. But if you so then if you blow it up, then your goaltender is going to want out. Yeah, so one then your, maybe the part of the blow up is your goaltender. Yeah, maybe you maybe you trade him. There's a lot of teams that would like a Connor Hellebuck. What about Calgary? What happens up there? Well, they just they fired everybody. Right, right, right. right. They 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 ran it through. They fired Daryl yeah. Sutter earlier this week. I knew I knew Daryl Sutter was the wrong pick for that team for any team in today's NHL. He's just he's just too old school for the for today's NHL player. Yes. Like he's still in the eighties coaching. And I don't mean with his X's and O's. Daryl's a very smart individual. Yeah. Um it's the methods that are problematic. And the players don't like it. They don't respond. And the personal insults and the no food on the plane for grown men following a loss on the road and uh, Oh, they did that? Oh yeah. Oh, so, things like that don't fly in the NHL anymore. Right. They did at one point, but guys were so scared way back. Okay, all right. <laughs> right, I'll do whatever. I just want to keep the I'll check eat my pillowcase. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> right. You know, right. Like, do you have any mustard? Whatever. <laughs> so, I knew that was gonna be, uh, there was going to be a clash between the modern-day hockey player and Daryl Sutter. And I wondered why Brad Treliving made that call. He must have felt desperate at the time. And so, I feel like the ownership agreed that he was desperate and so therefore relieved him of his duties. And then when they got to talking to the players upon exit meetings and things like that, I think they found out quickly that there is one major problem. Yeah. And it's the head coach. Yeah. And so he's and so he's out. So Monday we will find out where the Blues draft. Uh, Monday is the uh, the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am just rooting like hell for Columbus, I think, to get the number one pick because I don't want Connor Bedard going to Chicago and being up our ass for the next two years. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd be rooting for the Blues to win the lottery. Well, I do, but don't they have like only like a 7% chance uh, or something 3. like that? Five. Have you no faith, Donnie? I mean, probably not as much as I should have, I guess. <laughs> but, like, okay, obviously, outside of getting picked two, one, two, three, or, like, what's kind of best-case scenario for the Blues? Like, like, yeah, be, uh, because from what I understand, the Blues most likely, with a pick in the first 12 or what have you, are going to be able to get a really tremendous yeah, player. Not Connor of, Bedard, but a really tremendous player. Yeah, there's a lot of good players. If the Blues are even fortunate enough to move up to number two, for some reason the lottery happens and they get the second pick, uh, Adam Fantilli is an incredible hockey player. In fact, I think he might have a bigger impact on an NHL team right away than Connor Bedard. Huh. Now, Connor Bedard's ceiling is probably higher as a, as a player, and he's super skilled, but Fantilli is a skilled, both ends of the ice, bigger player, like really good player. So if the Blues were lucky enough to not just get the number one, that'd be a no-brainer, but if they got the number two... Fantilli sitting there would be an amazing pickup for the mm-hmm. Blues. Man, and there, wasn't there a kid that 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 Alex mentioned the other day? Was it Ryan Leonard? That's a yes. Team USA forward. That man, that kid looks like he's a tremendous as well. But I know there's a lot of factors, and then you've got you know who's ever playing in Russia and Europe and you all got that a crap lot of stuff too. going on. But man. this is a very strong draft, and the Blues, I believe, they will keep their top pick, whatever, wherever it lands. Mm-hmm. And then I think Army will get creative with the other two. Oh, baby.
Yeah, I think he, if Army truly wants to make a change in some of the areas that, that he deems are not up to par, he will attach one of those first rounders to a player in order to make a trade to inspire somebody to take said player. I know you don't like to talk about like uh, particular, you know, trading players uh, just because, you know, kind of puts you in a bad spot when you see well, the Well, I've also been that player. And yeah. It sucks to hear that said. I, I, I can imagine, so, but I, I just, the only name that keeps popping up into my head over and over again is Tory Krug. Yeah. Outside of that, who, who could possibly really be be moved that would make a difference? So the way I look at it is this. In theory, you have a Tory Krug in waiting in Scott Prunovich. In theory. In theory. Not in practice yet as far as like actually showing you on a daily basis that he can be one of the highest scoring power play defensemen in the last decade. You don't have that yet. Okay. But from a size, stature, skill, all that stuff, you got a guy that you're like, okay, fits the mold. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it works. Nick Letty, I don't know if you have that per se. Um, plus, at four million, not that much. Not that you know, like it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. You do not have a Colton Pareko mm-hmm. anywhere in your stable, and you don't have a Justin Falk anywhere. So, to me, when you do the process of elimination and what player out of those four do you think you could move? Nick Letty might be tough. Teams would be like, yeah, maybe we have our own Nick Letty. Mm -hmm. Justin Falk, you're not moving him. You're not. He's your best all-around defenseman Mm -hmm. right now. You're not moving him. And one of your core dressing room guys, too, now, right? 100%. Now, Colton Pareko, they'd be lined up around the corner. But, again, you don't have another Colton Pareko. Whether you like him or not, you don't have another six foot six defenseman that can skate like that and move the puck. Right. And when his game is right, I mean, he's a very dominant force out there. So I think that teams that need a power play defenseman that would maybe take on a contract like that, along with a first round pick attached to it, looks pretty nice. Oh, oh boy, I love this part of it. I, I mean, I love the general manager aspect in all four of the major sports. I even watch about, like, the NBA trade deadline and stuff, and I don't know crap about the NBA, but I just love the yeah. inner workings of it all. And then the offseason, get out of there, man. <laughs> this, is just, this is just fantastic. And more playoff hockey tonight. And, and I really have to say this. Listen, if you watch the Blues, and once the Blues are gone, you're done with the NHL for the year, I understand that. I've been that person in years past as well. But I am telling you, any one of these series right now, mm. the games are just an absolute blast to watch. And my question is, what else are you going to watch? The Cardinals? Oh, Donnie. You know what I mean? Why you got to go there? They're just sitting over in the corner minding <laughs> their own business right now. Dude, I have never, watching that game last night, I have never, in my time in St. Louis, I've lived here my whole life. I've been a Cardinal fan since I was a wee little bitty bitty guy. Even in the 90s when they were terrible, in the early 90s, I don't ever remember hearing that loud of boos at Bush Stadium ever before. Yeah, it's unfortunate, too. You know, and I know fans, you know, you you, you pay your money and you support this team and, and whatnot. Those guys are—they're not wanting to lose. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It just for me, it's like the Yankee boo birds, like the 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 Philadelphia Eagles boo birds. Like you're putting yourself in that category, and I honestly believe this. I'm not even placating. St. Louis sports fans are way better than that. Yeah. You're way better than that. Like 
the booing, nah, it's not going to help. You right. think the guys went back into the clubhouse were like, woof, well, tomorrow I'm hitting that slider. <laughs> right. Like, come on. Yeah. That's just my own personal belief. It's, if you don't, if you're not happy with the product, you have the right to not go. Yeah. I would just leave before I would be. Yeah, I mean. Like the second that Helsley gave up the homer, I would have just been walking to the car. I, 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 I would, I might have been booing to myself. But I wouldn't have booed them, per yeah, se. I just, I don't get behind that stuff. It's just so wild to me, the way that this is working out. And, and and also, too, and I know that this is a very slow thing over time, that this is nothing that is going to happen in, in any one short period of time. But this city, I'm not saying we're not still a huge baseball town, huge cardinal town, but, man, I really believe that those blues are sneaking up on the, as far as, like, the love of the city goes. Well... I think all the sports teams are. Well, that's true. I really do. Like, it's a great time to be a St. Louis sports fan right You're now. a city fan? Like, those people are nuts Dude, in that, the best way possible. Hearing that venue on TV absolutely rocking makes me so proud to Battle be Battlehawks? Yeah. People I'm, showed up and represented. Like, dude, I, I know think, it's not the NFL, but man, you showed up like it was. I, I, th- I think the smallest crowd for a Battlehawks game was like 32,000 yeah. people. I know. <laughs> Dude, that is ridiculous. For, I think one of the teams in the league, that was like their total attendance for the year. <laughs> Dude, there is one team, and I'm not sure, I think it might be the Vegas team, that it looks like they're playing at a high school. Like, I think it, they are, actually. It's, it's like a fairgrounds or something. That's, that's no good. Well, uh, Jamie, thank you very much always for your um, your uh, insight, your uh, hilarity, your just general, you know. Jeez, Donnie, you, you could be my agent. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to do that. I yeah, think I, I would 3% be. of nothing is not that good, though. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a situation that I would be an agent for. <laughs> yeah. for. For Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango, it's the Last Minute Blues Podcast. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com.